So what do you got on your agenda for the day? Movie. Are you seeing Star Wars again or are you going to something else? Fifth Wave. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing the previews for that. Remember I was reading the books? Yeah. And I think Derek started listening to them. I know he got the audio the audiobook for the first one. I don't know if he started listening to it yet, but... Yeah, it's another one of those like the Insurgents and uh, was it Mockingjays or whatever... Yeah, I remember getting the the ebooks for you, and then then when I saw the previews in front of Star Wars, I was like, "Oh, hey, Davini's reading that series." And then the next thing I know, Derek gets the audiobook for it, and I'm like, "I it doesn't interest me enough to do either of those things." <laughs> Twilight and all that stuff. You know what? I'm not going to bag on you because you like that stuff. It's just not my thing. Yeah, I, I try not to be that kind of person. I think, you know, if they had that kind of reads and sci-fi kind of like, you know, alternative world stuff when I was growing up, mm-hmm. probably would have read those. You know, these girls get a lot of these heroin type, you know, girl against the world books and stuff. Loner. Yeah, I kind of like them. What was I listening to? I was listening to something that was talking about them being, um, where the the way that the characters are usually described is very vague. And it, like the main character, and it's designed, so like the character is essentially um, officially referred to as pants. Because it's just a character that you can slip on and, you know, uh, embody that kind of character as the reader. Yeah. 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 You get it real low. Yeah. I mean, they're good. I, I consider them like good on board waste of time kind of books. Kind of like how some people will uh, watch different movies or television shows or stuff on Netflix just because they're like, I'm bored. Just what's this about? I get started on some of those in that kind of way. I did not know at the time when I picked it up, it was going to be a movie. When I started reading it, I said, I bet this is going to be a movie soon. And then like a month later, I like Googled and saw there was a finally like a preview for it and stuff. I'm like, uh, kind of figures. Just by how it uh, it read, you know, as far as the book. I mean, it literally jumps right into it. I think those, I think those, that, that series, like not, to, not, not specifically the fifth wave series, but I think that style of book is fairly popular right now. And so when you get one of those that is popular, which apparently the fifth wave is, it has a higher chance of getting an option done and getting a movie made because that style is very popular right now. Just like uh, zombie movies are still like there. I think the zombie movies are starting to decrease some, but they were very popular for a while and you got all the zombie stuff. Yeah, there's a real big craze on uh, apocalypse and post-apocalypse based uh, books, TV shows, games and movies. So there's like a bunch of new uh, shows getting ready to start up and caught one of them last weekend, The Colony. By accident, it was just I was up late, and I guess it premiered that Thursday in on USA. I was just like, "Huh, what's this?" And I started watching it, and I was like, "Oh, police militarization, some alien foreign force occupying LA, curfews, droids, you know, drones falling around, monitoring people, people disappearing, uh, hierarchy, kind of apocalypse type uh, present day uh, scenario show." Interesting. There's another one called like the 100, I think. Yeah, I watched that one too. I saw a picture for it, but I don't know anything about it. Uh, that one is because of the way we polluted the Earth and nuclear holocaust and all that other stuff. There was a plan um, that was put into place to basically send everyone up to uh, selected people up to a space station. Generations after generations, generations later, in space, <laughs> they're having problems in the space station pods and stuff and food does and it, different things and does that mean they and, have pigs in the space yes pigs in space do you get that joke yes i do that's why i'm good, laughing good good good, good. <laughs> it's gonna be a little bad for a second <laughs> no no it's not lost on me and for uh, i love them off the show doesn't know that that's that's oh uh, that's old muppets Old Muppets Gold. That uh, was one of my favorite little mini things they used to do on there. But long story short, uh, some of the teenagers that have, are basically in their juvenile facility area because of acting out, they select a hundred of them to send down back down to Earth to see if it's livable. And also, therefore, decreasing the numbers on the space uh, station to allow for expansion on their resources and stuff further. Turns out that on Earth... People had survived the uh, radioactiveness and stuff. And there was generations of people that were still on Earth and everything. So you pick up at the um, 
survivors that the 100 got sent down and those that survived the trip down, you pick up with them trying to adapt and different things and stuff on Earth. But that's what that show's about. It sounds... mm, No, never mind. doesn't sound like that. There's a a role-playing game called Eclipse Phase where you... It's post-singularity, so you can store your brain in a computer and you can... If you die, you can reload that... That's essentially that saved point. You can... Uh, have multiple copies of yourself. You can change, but essentially, like the physical bodies are just called sleeves, and you can just get into different ones. And they have like a transcendent Johnny Depp movie. Uh, transcendent is like very early aspects of what you would eventually have with, because everybody is essentially in the computer system, and you have sapient octopi and various other and apes and things like that as well. But AIs went insane and. Like there was this huge war that just completely wrecked the earth. And then these super intelligent like AIs, I don't know if there were alien aspects to them or not, just finally up and left before they annihilated all of, uh, well, essentially humanity or at least what humanity was. And most of the game is spent living in space stations and it's hard sci-fi. So kind of reminds me of Battlestar Galactica a little bit too. As yeah. far as the... If you like want to go from one place to another, it's actually easier for you to have your, essentially your your brain, your, your computer essence beamed from one place to another because it just takes so long to physically ship something. It's a, beamed or uploaded somewhere else. Either one. But then they also bring in this concept of a uh, lack where... If you are in one, if like say say I back myself up to a computer and I go about and do something, and then like a week later I get killed, they can reload my old body, but now I'm losing a week. And what did I do in that week before I die? And this is a game. Yeah, it's a role playing game. That sounds like fun. Oh, it is. It, it, the concepts behind it are fascinating. But the the reason I thought about it with the whole people going back down to Earth and finding other people, well, there's nobody really on Earth like living on Earth because it is a a hell stew. It is. It was destroyed and wrecked before the the AIs left and humanity all buggered out to other places. But you still like you can be a part of this group called Firewall. That's kind of kind of secret operations, secret society kind of stuff. And you might get missions to go down to Earth to do something or to keep people from going to Earth. Sometimes the best way to win your mission is to die. You know, if you make sure that you don't, you know, there's nothing about you that can be traced back to anyone. Like if you have to die, that doesn't mean the game ends because you can always get re-sleeved from a backup. And it's just, it's a very fascinating concept, especially exploring that whole post-singularity concept of just being able to store your brain in a computer and reload it or have multiple instances of yourself. It's just, there's a lot of fascinating stuff in all of that post-singularity stuff. Sounds like fun. We should play it. Do you have much experience with role-playing games? Like the pen and paper board kind of stuff? Years ago. Years ago, back in the day, in the 90s, early 90s. Years ago. Fair enough. I didn't know if you'd ever done any of that. You never mentioned it, really. Yeah, I uh, early started with D&D back in the day when it first came out. And then uh, the only reason why that actually ended was that teenager that so-called killed some kid at a playground or something my mom and the church heard about. And then my mom like took all my D&D stuff and burned it. Satanic panic. Because of the devil. Satan. I think pretty much everybody starts with D&D. I know there's people that don't. Like People start with GURPS or something like that. But Well, my age. My age, man. A, a majority of people start with D&D. Yeah. Well, GURPS and Hero, those things have been around, Like especially GURPS, been around about as long as D&D. And there's other games that have been around pretty much as long as D&D. So it's not like it's, you know, you could... You could have started about this, you know, you could have gotten into it right when D&D came around and you'd still have other games that you could have been your first game or that you could have quickly transitioned to. I mean, I played some D&D as a little kid. And then like when I really started playing role-playing games, I didn't, we weren't playing D&D. We were playing, uh, what were we playing? We were playing Robotech and Palladium, like other Palladium games, which weren't until much later in my life when I realized how horrible those systems were. Like how really, really bad those systems were. And now I play a lot of hippie games. So what can I say? Hippie games being more story driven, more free flow kind of stuff. Not as kind of rigid as uh, a lot of uh, D&D rule sets are. Oh, well. Anyways. So anything else of interest happened with you this week? No, no, no. Nothing really. Anything interesting going on in the news that you'd like to ramble on about? I say ramble more as talk, not like it's, you know 
devaluing your opinions. The Pope the Pope met with uh, Google CEO. Google? I know he met with Tim Cook. I didn't hear him meeting with Google Sky. Yeah. Uh, Eric Schmidt or Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah. He met Schmidt, with him Schmidt, too. Schmidt. Like literally right after the other meeting. I've not read anything on that. I just saw that it occurred. You know, I just read that they met, but my thing is, okay, about what? What were they talking about? Can I get some transcript? And nothing. So I lost interest really quick. Uh, let's see. Apple hired, what is this for? 3D animation technology, something or another person. VR, AR stuff. Yeah. There was something that came out, I guess, last night that one of the guys that they got that used to be a part of Ford. So people think he's a uh, one of the higher ups in the car design project. He just left. I guess it was announced yesterday. Yeah, I heard that too. Today being Saturday, the 23rd of January. Let's see what else. Uh, rumors about a iPhone 5. 5SE or something? Four inches? Uh, smaller, cheaper, essentially the, the but now with uh, the newer stuff in it, but it should still be shaped like a 5, I guess? Yeah, new, new armbands for the Apple Watch, but nothing about an updated Apple Watch, and something with iPads, something with Apple TV, and uh, streaming television or whatever for Apple TV. Yeah, new rumors, mail stuff. Let's see what else I read. Uh, keeping up with the stuff that's going on in Flint, Michigan. With the water, oh, the man, land. That, that, that whole situation is like 17 kinds of messed up. I haven't read a whole lot of it, but what I've heard is just that is an abomination stacked on top of a pile of crap. Yeah. The more and the more that comes out about that, it's just, you're like, and what third world country is this again? Oh, my Michigan. Bad. It's Michigan. What was it? And now they're spending millions of dollars for bottled water or something? Right, we're going to save uh, $5 million, which then turns into $22 million to fix the problem, not including the amount of money spent on bottled water and Brita filters. And I still haven't figured out what the Brita filters are supposed to do, as that does not take lead out of the water. Yeah, and then not including the fact of he's still holding strong on these appointee you know, managers that he has. I, I just, it's just a ugh, up there. And hopefully uh, some of these organizations and different people go and help these people in Flint because it's uh, a very uh, poor area. I don't know how else to put that, but they broke up there, broke hard. But yeah. to GE to turn uh, the change there, you know, they immediately uh, recognized there was a problem with the water. So, you know, they cut off from the... <laughs> from the water system, start bringing their own water in or, and stuff. And then the hospitals did the same thing, but like nobody said anything. I just can't. Well, the part that, that concerns me more is that they might've said something, but the people they said it to buried it and then made comments of, you know, if you do anything to go live with this or to broadcast this kind of thing, we will cause you so many problems that you won't be able to operate. But we'll see. There's a, Federal investigation going on right now, so we'll see what the feds do, if anything. Fed's going to fed. I'm sure it's going to consist of a lot of paperwork and bureaucracy. Sturm und Drang. But, but yeah, I think that's a... Oh, gosh, that cop that um, had uh, sexually assaulted and raped all those women. 263 years. Oh, sweet, sweet justice. I didn't hear about that, but that sounds... It, that sounds like a minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I can't. Like, oh, this person, they've been flogged in the public center, consigned to bread and water for the next 60 years. And every Saturday, they have to come out, be shoved in the stocks and have rotten fruit thrown at them for, you know, raping a bunch of women. Oh, that sounds like an acceptable minimum. I mean, it's like, where, there's like nothing like, oh, that sounds like enough. You know, I'm not a big proponent of, you know, death penalty. But at the same time, that's one of those things of no matter what you do, it's like, oh, I guess that's enough, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> just the just the loop of him crying like a baby. It's just like I, I know nothing about this story, by the way. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just hearing now the things you're saying, but I'm still going to oh. stand with 263 years. Just doesn't. All right, so maybe that's okay. The problem right. is, is when it's just you know when it's just prison time. Which I'm not saying prison time is in any way like you know recreational, but there's always the option of like parole because as soon as like the storm and the fury goes away at some point you have the chance of you know getting paroled out because they decide oh you're not that you know you're not you've not caused enough of a problem inside so we can parole you out because we've got too many people in our prisons because we keep putting people in prison for crappy reasons yeah let's just say that with the stuff that he did to even grandmothers 
this guy will never sit straight again once he gets into the prison system. Well, he also has the problem of being a cop in the prison system. And I'm sure that oh, yeah. can't make life easy. That is not going to make life easy. He might as well go ahead and just be like, okay, I'm cool with solitary confinement for my rest of my life. I never understood the whole, oh, 263. Why not just say life? But when they, when they do sentences where they're like consecutive life, it's like, okay, are we going more of a Buddhist type thought of life on the fact that when you come back and you're recoordinated, we're going to lock you up again? I think the whole point of like the consecutive life ones is the fact that even if you get paroled out of one or you have something that mitigates one, you have, you essentially you have secondary and tertiary ones that might come up that would still keep you locked up. Think of it uh, like extra safety nets to keep this person away. <laughs> I always wonder, every time I hear that, I'm always like, consecutive life. What, what's that mean? What exactly does that mean? I don't know. Well, consecutive means one after the other. Life means until you expire. That's like, I'm going to give you the de- death penalty. And it's like, you're going to get consecutive death penalties. It's like That means if we throw the switch or we have a problem, you don't get to escape. We keep flicking that switch until you're down. I can't. Something interesting. I know that there was something, I think there was something with the death penalty recently, but I don't remember what. I know. Well, good. You're going to love this. Okay. So I'm actually aware of this one. The uh, injections, the actual concoction that they come up with to use for lethal injections, apparently pharmaceutical companies, um, mainly due to a lot of protests and stuff over the years and everything. And people have determined that it's inhumane and blah, blah, blah. And that also is faulty and a lot of, a lot of stuff. So they stopped making it. So these states that have lethal injection as the type of um, execution now are on their last, most of them are on their last batch of it and they can't get any more. So some of them been trying to like get it from overseas and a bunch of different places, but there's legalities to that technically, I guess they're not supposed to. And then those companies are shutting down from making it too. So they're trying to come up with their own concoctions. Or, like some of the governors are like, well, why don't we mix some turpentine with some, you know, Clorox and <laughs> just use that. Uh, a lot of other ones are like, well, we're going to go back old school and firing squad hangings and, you know, because the electric chair, I think, and a lot of states have that outlaw that can't. So they're trying to get legislations to allow for that to be brought back. So there's a whole issue with how do we kill these people right now in the country? So that's not the the story I was remembering, what I was remembering was back Dang on the 12th, the United States Supreme Court ruled Florida's death penalty unconstitutional. Oh, that story. Yeah, Local. that story. I only know about it because my brother posted it up on his blog. My problem, and I kind of agree with my brother, my problem with the death penalty, I'm not, like, I'm not adverse to, I'm not adverse to the death penalty on the concept of we have somebody who has done something horrible and the chances of rehabilitating them to be a non-dangerous member of society is pretty much nil. Uh, my problem is, is getting to that level of proof that the person, A, is actually guilty, B, none of the none of the the evidence has been tampered with all of the the prosecutor and the defender were uh competent at their job and that that actually is the person and actually is guilty of what the the level they're talking about and at the level that they're talking about that they're not actually able to be rehabilitated in any way that you cannot trust that 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 it's a proper ruling to have them executed uh, or that it was uh, arrived at reasonably oh but anyway so uh what was it yesterday no thursday so thursday i am uh working with one of our coworkers and my mom calls and she's on her way back up to idaho and she tells me that she dropped her phone and she actually didn't realize she dropped it. Somebody else was nice enough, found it and gave it back to her. But she completely shattered the screen. And this is one of my old phones. So it's out of Apple Care. But I end up having to log in as her onto Apple's website and set up an appointment for her to take her phone in. I'm like, oh, just take it in. It's like 130 bucks to replace the screen. So she calls me later that day. And she's like, well, I'm here at the store and... They said that they can probably like get me into a new phone for for less than it would cost to replace the screen, and so we might need to, you know I might need your account information. Uh, is this a good idea? At which point I have to explain to her, all right, it's a hundred and thirty dollars to replace a screen, and yes, you could in theory get an iPhone for like a hundred bucks, maybe even like a hundred and fifty dollars. 
but it's not going to have the capacity of what you have now. It's going to, on top of that, it's going to raise our raise our phone bill because I cover the family's phone bill because unless you buy it outright, it's not a hundred dollars. You know, if you buy it outright, because that phone is completely clear, it has no contract on it or anything. So to be in the same position with a new phone as this one, you'd have to end up paying more like three or four hundred dollars for a completely, you know, unlocked, non non contract phone. Plus, she'd have to buy a new case for it if it's uh, a six. Plus, she'd have to get Apple Care on it, which is another hundred what hundred and fifty bucks. Oh yeah, I'm like the chances of you get like they may say. Oh, it's you know we can get you uh we can get you out the door for less than replacing the screen. No, you can't. Not have anything equitable to what she has now. So I haven't talked to her since. So I don't know what she did, but I didn't get a call about anything. So I'm guessing she just had the screen replaced. Yeah, uh, great advice because you had a 64 gigabyte uh, iPhone that was uh, clear. Yeah, 64 gig f- iPhone five. Yeah. You know? And she doesn't want a six. She's like, the five is fine. It's the right size for her. She doesn't need anything faster. She doesn't really want anything faster. She's not really doing a lot on it, right? Well, no, she does She does quite a bit with that phone. But it's one of those things of, I don't see, you know, she doesn't need a six. And she's just not sure she wants the larger phone. And, I'm, and she definitely doesn't want to pay the extra money, you know, for a brand new phone. It's just... I understand the salesman concept of, well, you know, it's 130 and, you know, I can sell you a phone for 100 bucks, but that doesn't consider all the other parts that are involved. Even if you ignore, even if you ignore the increase to the phone bill and you ignore the, the fact that it's now on a contract, she still has to get a new case probably, unless it's the exact same, you know, it's like a 5S or something. She still has to get a case and she still has to get Apple Care on the thing. So just Apple Care alone is more expensive than the new screen. Yeah, it's like... Uh, she's not getting a new phone and not getting Apple Care. We've already proven she drops phones. Right. We've proven she loses phones. She gets Apple Care on whatever phone she gets. Uh, Denise went in the Sprint to, uh, you know, because most of the accessories that I purchased for her because she... They they die, you know. So her Bluetooth uh, wireless headset um, I purchased from Sprint when I got her her phone and it has a lifetime... <laughs> you know, insurance on it. So she could just go into the store at any time when it breaks, it ain't working no more and get a new one. So she's doing that for the fourth time with this head, with the headset. And uh, the guys, every time she walks in there, they always try to do that with her with the whole sales pitch. And, oh, let's just take a look at your account real quick. Cause there's another section on the account to access for that, for upgrades or anything on the phone and stuff they need the passcode for. So she doesn't remember the secret password to get and doesn't remember the passcode so she always has to call me and every time she calls me she's like yeah they want to check the account you know see if uh i'm, I'm eligible for an upgrade because you're talking about you know i should just get an upgraded phone and we're on five s's and i'm like you're not eligible for an upgrade and no you can't have another phone she's like well just just what is the answer and i give it to her and she gives it to them and then they're like oh uh well, we could use the other one, the upgrade on my phone. And I'm like, no, you can't. No, you don't need a six. Not happening. Because you know, I was telling you the next time I uh, buy an iPhone, I'm, I'm just going to buy it clear. You know? Yeah, I'm at the same point. And I'm also probably going to wait until like I usually I've been on the the whole numbers, not the, the S versions. And so I'd be eligible whenever the seven comes out later this year. But I'm probably going to wait until the, unless there's something like stupendously awesome with the 7, I'm probably just going to wait for the S because the S's seem to get like the better technology upgrade uh, and the form factor is more solid and everything. So I'm really tempted to just wait the extra year, go three years out. So I have like an extra year of like no contract or anything like that and then save up the money and then just buy a 7S outright, no contract crap. Right. That's pretty much why I'm leaning on it too. You know, it's just goodness they come up with this whole new packages and stuff these companies are trying to do now where oh you could get the new phone in any time package and people just continuously the rest of their life paying a monthly bill extra for a phone just so they could trade it out every time the new version comes out i did the calculation on the interest on that stuff by the way and how much they're really paying it's ridiculous 
If you're somebody who buys a phone every year, it's not necessarily as bad. It is not as good as buying a phone outright every time, but at the same time, it's nowhere near as bad as like having to pay off the phone and then adding another phone. So there's there's some good and some bad for it, but overall, yeah, like if you can buy out a phone, you can buy a phone, but not everybody's in that position to do that. You know, they don't really need an iPhone. Rent a center of rent a center of Apple tools. Yeah, rent a center iPhones. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So your comment about the the password on your account. So earlier this week, I had some downtime and something. I don't know what caused me to start doing it, but but I started going through and cleaning up a ton of passwords in my 1Password library. And for anybody who's unfamiliar with it, 1Password is this wonderful suite of applications. You can get on Mac, you can get it on iPhone, you can get on Android, you can get on Windows. That is a password storage system. It will generate passwords for you. It will store your passwords and you lock all these passwords up under 1Password. And you have one good strong password that you remember. And then you don't have to remember any of your other passwords. You just go and you copy the password out of 1Password and paste it where you need to go. But 1Password also stores things like secured notes. It stores things like software licenses. It stores Wi-Fi passwords. It stores server information. It stores uh, different identities. Uh, it stores bank account information. It can store uh, credit card information. It stores all kinds of stuff. And I put tons and tons and tons of stuff into 1Password. It is a critical part of how I run my life. And so I started cleaning it up earlier this week. I started going through like all these secure notes I have. I didn't realize there was the whole wireless network information to where you can store both the like the password to get onto a wireless network. Plus you can store things like if it's yours, you can store the router information, like log into your router and do all the configuration stuff if you're that kind of geeky person. So I started fixing and cleaning up all this stuff in one password. And that's one of the things that I can suggest to everybody is, hey, you know what? Take some time, go in, clean up. Like if you don't have something to store your passwords now, and I think we've talked about it in the past, get something, even if it's not the whole 1Password. Because 1Password, not necessarily cheap to jump in on, but they frequently have like 25 or 50% off sales and you can find most of the stuff at a reasonable price. I mean, even full price, it's worth it to me. But there's other options out there. But finding something to store your passwords that will generate nice, strong, random passwords for every place you go, that can store more than just passwords, can store a whole bunch of information. Really useful. And then just going through and cleaning those things up occasionally. 1Password has a wonderful feature where it'll tell you your old passwords or your weak passwords from stuff that you've imported in from long ago. So you can go and you can change them on different sites. So I've been going through and like canceling accounts that I never use or updating passwords. And it even has another system called Watchtower that'll tell you, hey, this site has got a vulnerability in it that's been reported and or this site has lost, you know, had password leaks reported for it. So go change your password here because it's no longer safe to have that password. So I've been slowly starting to do that and clean up all that kind of stuff. And you use it as well, don't you, Davina? Oh, yeah, I love it. Because, you know, with Apple's uh, passkey or whatever, uh, one of the things that... Keychain. Yeah, keychain. One of the things I don't like about that primarily is the cleanup on that and the updates as you change passwords and different things. Um, I noticed that especially with certain applications like uh, Microsoft applications on your Mac and stuff, it, it gets confused. And for some things that actually lock up on uh, logins on those because they'll read out the old ones because it didn't get that it's still the same username for that website, or maybe you logged into the site or something from a different place on the website. You know, it's just, it's weird. But with the uh, 1Password, it recognizes no matter what area within that website you're logging in on, that it's that website and it pops that one up. So I like the browser feature on that too. It's really helpful. And in the interaction into other apps that I use, where it's now has a little symbol there to click on it. But okay, so like two things off of that, you know, knowing the site, you can like, it'll, it'll automatically take the URL of the site that you're logging into when you create the password, but you can add extra sites to that. So if you've got, if there's a site that has multiple domains and but it's the same password and everything. Essentially, they're all just subdomains off of one big thing. You can add all of those domains to that one login. And then whenever you're at any one of those sites, it pulls up the same login. Right. But I was, I was talking about Keychain being Jackie. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was just making me think of something that was really nice about 1Password. You can also, you can save multiple accounts for one site. So like for Twitter, I maintain the Facet FM account, plus I've got my own. So I have multiple things for Twitter in my 1Password. And then when I do the, do the key the keyboard shortcut to log into Twitter, it gives me a list of all the different IDs, like username and pa- usernames that I can log in with. So that's one nice. My problem with Keychain is I don't control it. It's not something that I can easily back up. One password, you can have it stored data in Apple's iCloud, but you can also have it stored data on Dropbox. And the really cool thing is the Dropbox, the file on Dropbox, you can actually dig into that and load a page in there and you can load up your your one password in a browser. You still have to type in your password to get into it, but you can still access it even if you don't have the client application, as long as you know your password to get into Dropbox. Yeah. All right. So yeah, story time number three. Ding. My internet has been horrific for like the last six months. Oh yeah. So give us an update on that experience. So I had somebody out in like November, I think. And this was like the third person we'd had come out. And they had like, I've had all the hardware in the house replaced. I've had people checking things and nothing. And they keep putting what they call watches on my account or my line or something like that. And it never seems to help. So Wednesday, I started losing connection while I was trying to telework into, you know, connect remotely into work and do stuff. Finally, I called them up. And I'm like, this has been getting worse. I'm having these problems. And I'm explaining to them every little technical part that I can suss out from my side. And like, I know it's at this point on, so it's entirely you guys. It's not my internal network. I have the person on the phone and I'm like, she's like, well, I can't, you know, you're, I don't even see your, your cable modem, so I can't connect in. I'm like, well, then let me do something real quick. And I start playing video from my NAS. So it's my internal home network is good. And I'm like, the sound you hear is a video playing across my network. So it's definitely not my house. Something on your people's end. They're like, all right, we'll send out a tech again. I'm like, is this going to help anything? It hasn't helped any other time you've done something. And it's just been getting worse. So they send out uh, an individual and the, the guy who shows up, you know, nice enough person. None of the texts we've had come out have been like mean or rude or surly or anything like that. Nice enough guy big, tall, linebacker-like looking guy. Uh, and he says, oh, it's, you know, uh, I'm not sure, but the, the junction box or whatever from the street is really old. So I'll put in a thing to have them come out and replace it. And I don't know if they've come and replaced it, but I've still been having lag times. So hopefully sometime this weekend, they'll replace that. And maybe magically this will fix it, you know, where none of the three other people that have come out have noticed this problem. The problem is, is I rent my house. I can't punch a hole in the wall to get a, to get Verizon in or to change my internet provider. And so I'm stuck with who I have, which is bright house and i'm not pleased but i i have no recourse I, I don't have any option as to what to go to next other than to slowly see then whenever we have these timeouts i just sit here and i'm like well i guess i have no internet for the next half hour or so yeah it's like i'm sitting here right now and for whatever reason every my little i got a little the rainbow spinny thing going and skype is like locked up and i don't know why you're frozen do you want to try killing the call and restarting it I don't know. It makes me sad. All right. Well, um, hmm. okay. So I will at least say we're, we're pretty much just going to have kind of a, one of our more kind of rolling discussion podcasts this week. Next week, we're going to talk about backups, backing up your computer, backing up your devices, backing up your apps, stuff like that. So we should have a lot of good information for everybody. It will probably be more Mac focused, but uh, we'll have some resources for everybody. Yeah. And, and, you know, and the weird thing is, okay, so next week I'm going to be having um, an outpatient surgery. So, yeah, I'm going to be in a weird place. So we normally do these recordings on Saturday. So depending on how I'm feeling on sitting upright might depend upon if the recording actually has to happen another day. So I apologize in advance if this, uh, you know, the next recording doesn't come out too late. But I'm not for sure on how I'm going to be feeling until after it happens, you know. When the doctor started uh, was briefing me and talking to me yesterday, and she started suggesting what pain medications and stuff she wanted to provide me, and I'm like, "Do I really need something that heavy of a narcotic?" And she kind of looked at me. She's like, "Well, no, but we, we just want to 
make sure you're you're comfortable and you're not in pain. I said, but it seems kind of aggressive for you to pick that one out. And I don't want to mention which one she had suggested. And so I was like, well, yeah, we need to retalk about this. So because of my pushing on the fact of not being doped up and drooling over myself, uh, I most likely will be in pain next weekend. But I told her, I said, I'd rather feel some pain than after all this is over. You're like, okay, now we need to start talking about you going into uh, treatment to get you off the medication that I prescribed to you too heavily for this. uh, You hold the power of uh, withdrawal. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm sitting at work snapping at people and stuff and like, ah, I need my pill. Oh, cause that's going to be so, you know, different from your normal persona or it's either quiet or mocking. Well, I never like yelling about needing my pill though. No, you don't. But man, you get grumpy about other stuff, but it's cool. You know, I get grumpy about other stuff. So yeah, I, I am a, uh, I have a thing about routines. I, I don't like once I get set in a routine and I get set as to how things are playing out in my day and everything. And so sometimes when, Huge disturbances in that frustrate me and bug me, especially when it's like things that shouldn't be messed with, like some of the inner office or inner, you know, agency politics that affect the kind of work that we do. That stuff bugs me. That stuff bugs me heavily. I understand everybody's got their jobs and doing everything else and stuff, but at the same time, then it just gets into a level of you're just looking for something and being nitpicky, and I have to waste my time sitting there dealing with you and writing paperwork and stuff and doing a lot of extra talking that I really don't want to have because, you know, we spend most of our time in our little caves behind a computer, writing some kind of code, dealing with something, not talking to humans. I don't know. Not if I can get away with it. That was kind of me this week. Yeah. I I think a lot of people have those who are like, no, I just really, you know what? Actually, I can't say that. I think that there are a lot of people. I was going to say, I think there's a lot of people that are just occasionally like, no, I don't really want to deal with people. I just want to be. And then I think about like your wife, my roommate, people that are very extroverted, outgoing, like to deal with other people. And I realized that no, no, they, they love dealing with other people. And I don't know them to ever hit the point where they're like, oh no, I just don't want to deal with people right now. I can't deal with that. Where I'm the exact opposite. I'll I'll deal with people for a while, and then I'm like, I can't human anymore. Excuse me, I'm going off to a cave. Yeah, I go in spurts. That sounds like a personal problem. Spartan. <laughs> I have a Spartan problem. Now, now, don't don't make us get flagged as explicit content. Yeah. So yeah. So interesting week, and you know, I I look forward to the next adventure in Bright House, you know, as they're going through their little changes and stuff. And, and literally I live almost like around the corner and down the street from, from D like, well, probably about not even 10 minutes away. And something like that. Yeah. And I have weird Bright Housey like things that happen too, and not to the extent of what he's ha- having. Cause you know, a lot of your Bright House problems came from when they were building the the complex you live in where they just wired things dumb. Yeah, it did really dumb stuff. And then the other portion of it was I have to, you know, I have a HOA that pays for already cable and internet, but that internet that they got, which was the basic, 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 I had to pay a little extra just to get things, to run things and do things like I'm doing right now with you with Skyping and having website up at the same time and having not your eye checkup and, you know, and, and pulling different things from the internet and being on my phone and other person being downstairs. You know, we're, we're heavy uh, users in the house, you know, Apple TV streaming. And we've, we've already talked about this. We gaming, you know, I don't have that directly uh, hooked up through an ethernet that's going through the wireless and stuff. So, and downstairs, and of course the Wi-Fi is upstairs. So, you know, it's a lot of stuff going on in the house, but for us, to me, for as small as my place is, I shouldn't have had to pay that extra money to do that. But that's just me. I start getting and reading these articles and stuff, you know, which kind of amazed me. I remember when I was uh, doing my schooling years ago in uh, information technology. And during that time, we did a lot of talk about the differences in uh, other countries and compared to ours and how much faster we were. Now I'm reading things talking about how much faster 
other countries are in comparison to us. And that makes me mad too. A lot. Like we're kind of middle in the pack in some ways. Most places, they if they have good internet, like if they have high penetration of internet, tend to have much higher bandwidth, especially both, both download and upload. That's one of the things that kills me about US internet is you can get okay internet speeds, but the, 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 for down, but the, the uplink, the, your, your upload speeds are like a tenth or less of your download speeds, which is ridiculous. We're a consumer nation. Consume, consume. It's just stupid. The fact that most people can get better speed internet on their phones with the 4G networks than you can through a cable network provider. In the continent of Africa, out in the middle of the bush, (laughs) than I can on my phone in my house in the middle of a major city. What the heck? Yeah, it's it's sad. It's sad. I it, I there was a a thing a while ago that apparently Google Fiber is starting to do some investigations with the Tampa government to to possibly bring Google Fiber to to Tampa. And if they brought if they bring it to Tampa and I can in any way get in on that, I am so I don't care what the rules are. I'm I'll punch seven holes in this house to put Google Fiber in. So we were talking about that. I was pulling up an article that I had read um, about uh, from PBS on this is how internet speed and price in the U.S. compares to the rest of the world. And I'll post that link up. Um, and this is dated from uh, April 26, 2015. And you know, just to give a kind of idea of what. PBS is saying. Well, to make it even worse, there is a thing about increasing the minimum speed that gets classified as broadband in the United States. Oh, yeah. And now and now, a bunch of senators and Congress critters are trying to get that repealed or changed. And of course, if you go in and look, pretty much all of them are heavily subsidi- subsidized, or shall we say, so- see, I'm going to tangent off in just a second. They're heavily subsidized or paid for by the different like major uh, internet service providers. So I'm going to change something. Somebody brought up the idea that uh, senators, like uh, political people, they should have to wear jackets like NASCAR drivers that list all their sponsors. I saw a picture of that. I loved it. I think it was Mitch McConnell. They put a bunch on him of uh, actually it was people that basically pay for him. And it was pretty cool. I don't have a problem with okay so on one hand i don't have a problem with that on the other hand i see how it could be gamed so bad because using shell companies or moving money around and things like that you can easily shift stuff around because the companies could in theory start like a secondary company that is like you know americans for progress in such and such and then they put the money in that company and then that company makes its donations to the um does all the lobbying to the congress critter and then so they can put things on their stuff like people for this and everyone for this and all this kind of stuff so it's so easily gamed is my only concern with that. I like the idea in concept. In execution, I see how it could be screwed so bad. Okay. Well, after our super long... Oh, and uh, two things. One, we had a really long show last week. I thought it went really well. It took forever to edit. And I wanted to thank Sean for coming on the show again and uh, joining us and putting in his comments on The Force Awakens. Hopefully next time we do a movie or something or we have another guest, next time your wife will be able to join us. Uh, I think it would have been interesting having her on. Do you have anything for a send-off today? Yes. I always have something for a send-off. Okay. Well, then why don't you tell us what you got for the send-off this week? Okay, so for years I have played uh, Grand Theft Autos from the very beginning. And the last game... You know there's a T at the end of that word, right? What, Grand Theft Auto? Theft. That's what I said, Grand Theft Auto. You're saying theft. I said Grand Theft Auto. You know what? GTA. How about that? <laughs> okay, I'm good with that. <laughs> so anyways, as I was saying, gosh, Kinda. I always make fun of my accent. That's not an accent. That's an enunciation issue. You know, this is getting a little racist. Just a little. And I'm glad you're muted right now and you're talking and moving your lips, but nothing's coming out over the airwaves. <laughs> I heard that. I don't get this. <laughs> Oh, so angry. So angry. So as I was saying, Grand Theft Auto. Is that better? Theft. Why don't you just go ahead and tell (laughs) your stuff. I did not immediately buy uh, 5 when it came out. And 
I finally did probably a week and a half, two weeks ago now. And mainly because the price finally dropped. It's taken, I think the it came out in 2013, 2014 or something. And then they did a upgrade for the PS4 and Xbox One. And it has literally stayed at the 59 mark for like forever. It also has an online um, portion on the game where you can uh, move away from the storyline and create your own character. And basically in Los Santos, um, do the same crimes, bring, you know, build your own crime enterprise and stuff and with your friends or different people or with yourself and stuff. So I finally got it and I've been engulfed in it. So engulfed. I'm such a late comer to it, but it's so much fun. And 30, I think it was, I got it for 35 bucks um, was the drop on it. But I, I just, you know, even though I enjoyed the uh, series and I've always played them and stuff, it was just something about the 59. I was just like, I'm not buying it. And I think it's because the last one sucked so bad. Four was okay and I really didn't like it. Um, it was visually good and it was just a storyline and different things. It was kind of like so pieced together too fast, but this one's pretty much fun. You jump around between three characters in the story line. And so you have three different characters going at one time and their perspective of what you're doing as far as planning heist and the different personalities and stuff. Just great. And then when I want to jump over to online, I can, and I can solo play online or I can go into the GTA world. And literally I have not done that yet from, because for what I understand, once you do jump in there, you might get sniped real quick. So I'm still building up my character in solo uh, area by itself. So at least that way I have enough weapons and enough bullets that I can defend myself when I get there. So fun. And the wife just sits there and watches me, watches me play because she loves the storyline. Like it's a uh, movie or something. She just sits there and watch. There are a lot of games that I just enjoy watching just to see the storyline of. So I can, I can heartily respect that. Did you ever finish Witcher? No, I have not finished it. I'm actually at the end um, for the last uh, storyline uh, for the game, and I just kind of pulled back and just been running. You, you don't want to finish it because as soon as you finish it, oh, there's no more Witcher. There is more Witcher because there's additional bundles and, and different things. There's no more Witcher. There is more. They they keep adding these ex- expansion packs, and I actually already bought the uh, first expansion pack. So once I finish the main storyline, I can go right into that. But I just pulled back from finishing the story just to go around, go back and do some of the side stuff that I, you know, that I didn't do right away and looking for certain special armors and swords and stuff, doing builds and get more money and different things like that. So before I end it and I go over to the expansion area, you know, I'm going to be well equipped and stuff. But oh no, that's those games like that. I. I hit hard at the beginning and I'm just like, yeah. And then I start going, oh no. And I slow down because <laughs> I'm like, you know, you know how many hours or how you know, many days and whatnot stuff and hours each day it could actually take to actually go straight through the storyline. It's not a short storyline. It's still a long one, but yeah, I, I kind of slowed down. I can't even lie. I get sensitive about endings and, you know, a little tear comes down my face. I'm like, oh no. Oh. I wish they'd do another Force Unleashed. Gosh, I love that game. I don't know when slash if they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do for new Star Wars games. I haven't heard anything. Well, that last one I was waiting on the, I think it was Rogue One or something. That one just dropped out. There, The company, I think, went bankrupt and there's not going to be a finish on that one. I'm kind of disappointed because that one looked great. Oh, it looks so good. Well, I mean, they're in such a good position. Like they could just, they could just flat out redo TIE Fighter and X-Wing, like the old flight sim ones. But you got, you know... The fly stuff and all that and the uh, battlefront, you know, or battle. It's all that in there. I'm talking about some really good, like. Like good meaty story stuff? Yeah. Yeah, off story stuff. Just some other stuff. That rope. I, I don't think you're necessarily going to see any good meaty, like, story stuff until, like, they've got. I don't know if you'll even see those until after the first trilogy, 7, 8, 9, gets completed. I think they want to do more world building lockdown before they open it up to something as because they have to establish where they're going with this and where they're going to let people play. And then it takes all of the development time of a video game and a video game can take man easily two to three years to develop, especially a triple A title, man, those things can take a while. So I can easily, easily see like, even if they do open it up for a story 
They've got to take all the time to write it. They have to go through all the approvals for everything, you know, and then there's all the development time and none of that's easy or fast on AAA titles. Like you're able to get away with it with, you know, Battlefront and like some of the little tiny games on the, on iOS and Android, because there's no real story link to that. It's just, we're playing with the IP and letting you do something else with it. So, but for me, Last night was some board games with some friends of mine, and we played a game called Burgle Brothers, which was really hard. We got annihilated at it. It's kind of a cooperative game, but that's not the one I want to highlight. After we played Burgle Brothers and got our butts kicked, I pulled out a game that I kickstarted a while ago, and it was just kind of a little time waster to play called Pairs. And Pairs is a card game that starts off, the, the deck is what's called a pyramid deck. So there's one one, two twos, three threes, four fours, all the way down to ten tens. And the basic version of Pairs, it's designed as like a pub game, is you just start dealing cards out to everybody. You deal one card, you burn five cards off the top, you deal a card to everyone. And whoever has the lowest card can either fold or hit. If they hit, they get another card. If they fold, they take the lowest card on the table. And the goal is to not hit a point total. There's one loser, and you lose by hitting the the point total. So, like, for three players, it's 21. For four players, it's 16. And it's just a, a time waster. And you can have it to where, like, if you were playing with a bunch of friends, you could say, whoever loses, you know, whoever hits that point total buys a round for everybody or has to do something stupid. You can put penalties on the lures or you can just play the game. And then if you ever pair up, you take, you get however many points you paired on. So if you paired on threes for some reason, you'd get three points. If you pair on tens, you get 10 points. And if you think you're going to pair up because of, you know, the cards that you've seen out on the table, you can fold. And then you just take whatever the lowest card from all the players is. And that's how many points you get. So like if you've got uh, a 10 and an 8 in front of you and someone else has a 3, you can just fold and take their 3 and get those 3 points. It's a lot easier. And I have a link to uh, a how to play video in the show notes. And it explains it a lot better than I'm doing here. But we finally got a chance to play it last night. And I've had this game for probably a year, you know, or the better part of a year. And I've never had a chance to just sit down and play it. And last night, we finally just started playing it. And it was a ton of fun as just a simple little game. Plus, it's simple enough that you're able to talk with your friends as you're playing. You don't have to focus all of your attention on the game. So it was a ton of fun. I highly recommend it. The nice thing is, is each the they have tons of decks of it, and all the decks have like different artwork. And additionally, in each of the decks, they have alternate rules. And on the link to the pairs site, which is also in the show notes, they have a download that lists like all these alternate versions of pairs that you can play. So there's like a betting version and a bluffing version. And there's a version that we saw called Calamities, where if you roll, if you get a seven, you have to hit again. And so it's like all these little different variants. So it's kind of like having a, a, a deck of cards like you'd normally have. It's a pyramid deck instead of your normal kind of four suits deck. But you can build all these different games off of it. And a deck's like 10 bucks. So I, I highly recommend it. It was a ton of fun. It's a good game to just like throw in your bag to have a uh, a deck to pull out and play games with people uh, on short notice because a game can last, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. It's a kind of game you can play while waiting for your food when you go to a restaurant. Now, which deck do you have? The Professor Elemental? No, I have five decks. When I backed the Kickstarter, I went in high enough to get five decks and I have the Fruit deck. I have one of the Name of the Wind decks. I have, we were using the Barmaids deck last night. I've got... The Girl Genius deck, the Muses deck, and I don't remember what the other deck I have is. Pirate deck? I think I said the pirate deck. Anyways, no, you didn't. I've got like five of the, I've got like five different decks. I'd be tempted to get some of the other ones just because I mean the artwork's fun. You can get all the alternate versions online with all the alternate rules. But just the artwork on the deck is kind of cool as well. So you always, like they have one that's like Little Cthulhu. So it's like Little Baby Cthulhu is drawn by John Kovalik, who does all sorts of cute little artworks. It's just it, the they have tons of style of artwork that you can get on the decks. It's fun. And just the game itself is enjoyable. I like Professor Elemental. <laughs> all right. So that pretty much wraps us up for the day. Uh, thank you all for listening. As always, you can get a hold of us by using the contact form on our website, facet.fm. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Barbarian Geek and Davinia. Development Nerd. And please hit us up. Let us know some of the things you might want us to discuss or talk about or anything you want us to go back over some of our past episodes. And thank you all for listening. And we'll talk to you hopefully next week. Peace.